Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to an Under the Wires special report. Um, today, I'm going to be speaking with Melissa Bruce, who has been doing an amazing amount of work trying to help us get our rights back when it comes to vaccination um, and to maybe even get rid of no jab, no pay, but hold the government accountable um, legally in ways that are not used by many lawyers, but are certainly available to us as citizens of Australia. Uh, I would, Before I start, I would just like to say that Though I love getting questions, while Melissa and I are speaking and going over all of this information, can I ask you to possibly write your questions down? After we finish speaking, we will have a question and answer time when you can get all your questions answered, time allowing. But if we can possibly just hold the questions until then, uh, I would be really grateful. So without further ado, I'm just going to switch over and say hello to Melissa. Hello. <laughs> okay, wait, let me just unmute you. There we go. Okay, now if you can say hi again, I just want to make sure that people can hear you. Yes, hello. Beautiful. Hello, okay, fantastic. So this is Melissa. And um, Melissa started, I first heard about you probably two months ago, would it have been when you put up a petition? Uh, petitioning the government to do the vaccinated versus unvaccinated study that we've all been wanting. And um, it came up out of nowhere and it got an awful lot of support. So if you could tell us a little bit about that petition and yeah. what happened, how it came about. Yes, absolutely. So thank you. Um, that petition came about as me. It actually started, I, I set myself a challenge um, to write a letter on Tuesday every week to a department somewhere. I was probably going to get ignored. I was probably not going to get anything out of it, but I was just going to do something. And I was going to make, because I, I found it, it, it made me quite anxious thinking about doing these sorts of things and the, the replies that I was going to get. And I thought, I'm just going to put it in my calendar and every day, you know, um, and I have been involved in, in various types of activism on the topic before that, but I, I got a little bit disheartened and I, I thought I'd set myself a goal. So uh, then, for whatever reason, I just floated onto this um, Australian Parliament House website and I was like, you can do a petition on here that's on a government website. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound very change.org to me. That sounds like it's going to be, you know, on a government website. And I thought, how can I write a petition to be both educational and potentially useful based on the fact that they then have to table it in Parliament and it gets passed around everywhere. So I just wrote it based on what I saw the facts to be, um, that there is, you know, gross, uh, gross increases in chronic illness in children, that we don't have unvaccinated versus vaccinated studies that are being used in Australia or, you know, there are, I am aware that there are the odd one floating around that people refer to, but it's not generally what we're talking about. Um, but, you know, the, the lack of placebo, I put that in there. There's no true placebo being used. Most of the time there's always an exception somewhere, but for the most part there isn't. Mm. Um, and so I just started, you know, once I got it, I nearly fell off my chair when they uploaded it. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, it has to be worded a specific way to get it passed. So a lot of the time when they knock them back, it's not because of the content, it's because it hasn't been worded correctly. Yeah. So I did put a little bit of time into that 
Um, and then I just started sharing it. And I was I was quite surprised. I, you know, I thought maybe we'd get, if I really pushed it, 2,000 signatures. And then it kept going and kept going. And, and people really got on board with it. And they were getting on Pete Evans' Facebook page and messaging people with it. And I was like, that's my <laughs> I love it. Sending me messages like I have just been bombing everybody I know with this, and and the next thing you know we're looking at you know nearly fourteen thousand people have signed this. Brilliant, and so have you had any response from Parliament? Have they tabled the petition? Have they discussed they, it? Yes, they've tabled it. No, definitely haven't dismissed it. They have tabled it, um, and so I'm looking forward to the response. Not really. <laughs> I, don't, I can't imagine what they're going to come up with for it, but uh, we'll see. We'll are see. they required to respond to you? And if so, within a certain them. amount of time? Yes, they are. Okay. They are. That's interesting because a few weeks ago on Under the Wire, I raised the issue of another petition that had been put forward by someone from Stop the AVN, an organization that's been trying to close yeah. us down for over 10 years. And they got four signatures and it was yep. tabled in Parliament yep. and they got a personal response from the Senate, I think. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see. Do you know if there's a deadline? Do they have only a certain amount of time to respond to you? They kind of seem to be doing their own uh, <laughs> schedule at the moment <laughs> on most things. Um, they, they do typically have a deadline that they have to reply. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so you can put a petition up and only have one signature. And from what I've seen, it still has to be tabled. Wow. As long as it gets past the petition committee, it still has to be tabled. Um, so it's only if you put up a petition that has vulgar language, it's not worded the correct way, things like that can get knocked back. Um, but there is there is room for you to insist and say no. You know, you're saying to me that this petition doesn't um, doesn't comply. Show me where it doesn't comply, and pretty quickly you can certainly hold them to the guidelines on it. So that's brilliant. I mean, there's a lot that can be done there. Yeah, and that's really powerful. I think many of us were unaware of that ability to actually do a petition via. The parliament website because change.org and many of the other places they will not yeah. allow us to put petitions up well may, may i just say that i i believe with everything that i've seen that change.org uh facebook instagram um youtube all of these things are very much there to make us feel that we are being heard mm. so that then we don't go out and actually make sure we are heard because the problem is that every time we're talking into this absolute void of social media and change.org does just sit in that uh, box for me, um, we feel hurt. We feel that we've had a say, but in fact, we have had no say, yeah. not one bit. That's it. That's what I, what gets me upset a lot is people think that by posting something on Facebook and only posting something on Facebook, they are being active on this issue. They are doing an awful lot to advance the cause when it really does take a lot more than that. And I'd like to use that as a segue to, to, move, into, <laughs> <laughs> to move into the new website that you've only just launched. And I will share the links to this. Um, it's a yes. brilliant website. And on there you have, it's, it's, in its infancy still, but you have put yes. together a couple of letters. One is a my will letter, and I'd like you to explain what my will means. And the other one is a more, um, what do you call it, a criminal letter or? Um... 
Well, the title I gave it was the criminal liability. Yeah, letter. criminal liability. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the uh, the Maiwu letter first. Um, so. All of us uh, voters have a right to be represented by our MP. So that's the person that sits in our electorate. Now, yep. this is now what I'm talking about right now is federal, but it does apply to state as well. Mm. But federal being the big guys in the big house, um, the, we have one federal MP and then we have many senators. Now, all of those senators are to represent us because they're voted, that we voted them in. Um, they are there to represent us. They are not there to rule over us. They are not there to provide their opinions to us. Mm -hmm. When we get, you know, replies from them saying, uh, my party, our party policy is this, but thanks for your time. Our party policy is to support this legislation, but thanks for your time. It's only when we allow ourselves to be dismissed by that that we relinquish our right to be represented. So their job is to represent us. It's not to, it's not to rule over us. So from here, we say to them, my will is for you to do X, Y, Z. If you have multiple people saying that over and over and over again, they're getting pretty scared because they're, they're not going to get votes for next no. uh, term as well. So um, you're thinking, you know, they're thinking we're going to be out of a job. But it needs to be worded in such a manner as to be simple. It's an instruction to the person that is paid for by your tax dollars and they work for you. You provide them the instruction. Now, if we go and add to that letter a whole bunch of personal stories, vaccine statistics, um, medical research, they're going to come back and they're going to bait you into talking about that. Mm. Meanwhile, you will have dismissed your own right to be heard and your own right to be represented because all of a sudden you've started debating with them rather than saying simply, is it can I confirm with you that you are refusing to represent the will of your constituents and instead you are representing your party policy? That's it. Now, that my will letter that you've got on the website, it is very simple. It's three paragraphs and it's, I mean, here, if I can show that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, there we go. That is the entire letter. And it is really simple, but it's also really powerful because it is putting the onus on them to respond to you, yes. to respond to your question. I noticed that on your website, you've put the um, booklet. I, someone gave me a hard copy of it many years ago. Um, I think it's called It Is My Will by Arthur Tr Tresby. I don't know how you say his last name. Yes. And, um, and, and basically, that's a, a manual for citizens yes. to be heard in government. And I yes. think it's really important for people to download that off your website and to read it. It's very tiny. so It is, and it's just up there, um, and it is uh, useful for everyone, I think, to understand the process behind it mm -hmm. and why we're doing it this way, why we're not including all this other I these other issues. Because the moment we start talking about the science and everything behind what we're, what we're asking – um, we, we lose that one right that we are trying to exercise, which is the right to be represented. And that's all we're saying is it's my mill, it is my will that you put forward a motion in Parliament to repeal the Social Services Legislation Amendment, No Jab, No Pay Act 2015. Take it out. That's my will. And then, you know, you get enough people in each electorate sending that in. They've got something to answer to. Um, so far, we've had about... Close to 500 people wow. say that they're in. It's big, 
But it needs to be bigger. It, it needs to be thousands of people. We had 14,000 people sign a petition. But you know, you, you want 50,000 people sending this in. You want as many people as possible doing this so that the weight just keeps getting added. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is that it is simple to do this. It is, you, you have put together, I'm just posting because everybody's asking for the link and I forgot to put it in the actual header at the top of this, but I've just posted the link to the website. So if everybody wants to look at the comments here, they'll see the link to um, Melissa's website. Uh, and and you there you have instructions. You've laid it out so logically, um, yes. which is brilliant because I'm not at all an organized person. Anybody <laughs> who knows me can, and can tell you that I have not got an organized bone in my body. But yes. what you have done is, you know, step one, step two, step three, and it is all laid out there. You've basically done all the work. All the people have to do is print out the letters, sign them, fill in the information, and yep. send them off by off. registered yep. mail. And you've also put down a deadline that you need to have a response within a certain amount of time, which is really yep. important. So people yep. need to look at all the details, make a note of when you send it. This is a sort of an off-the-wall kind of question, but we have noticed with the uh, coronavirus ep episode that we're in right now that mail is taking. For instance, mm. I have sent uh, DVDs from me in northern New South Wales to Brisbane. I can drive to Brisbane in two and a half hours, <laughs> and it, <laughs> it is taking two to three weeks for things to get there. So wow. should extra yeah. time be allowed at this point? or Well... What we're doing is we, uh, for this one, we, we, what we've been doing is posting and then and, and also emailing. So uh. we scan the letter, we email it, and we post it as well. The post is, is to make sure that there's no mistaking about this. Oops, you didn't just delete it. Yep. You didn't just, you know, oh, it went in the, you know, the spam folder. <laughs> no, <laughs> it got read. So most of the communication people will do is via email, mm. but the post adds that extra bit of weight to it to make sure they can't get out of it and pretend they didn't get it. You say, I posted it, I emailed it. You're still trying to tell me you didn't get it. Um, so it's there for that. So people, it, 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 if it takes three weeks, it takes three weeks. But for the most part, they will actually end up communicating with these officers on, um, with these ministers on email. Right. So one other thing I just quickly might mention as well, we are, we are not citizens. We're not citizens. No, a citizen is um, of a republic with no monarch. Right. We are not citizens. That's another one of these smoke and mirrors things that's been uh, sort of slipped in underneath um, in Australia in the last sort of 20 years or so where there's all kinds of things that have been going on. But we are not actually citizens unless we have no monarch. Well, so what are we called, people who have – because I have citizenship yep. of Australia. So well, we had a, we had a, all kinds of things that got, um, uh, I guess, passed – quite quite unlawfully to call us citizens mm. but as far as for myself I was born in Australia I would refer to myself as the subject of the queen right so you're the subject Australian. yep yeah okay I'm a subject of the queen I'm an Australian I am not a citizen um, a citizen is somebody by me saying I'm a citizen am I somehow relinquishing all the rights that come from being a subject of the queen mm. of the monarch That's... and I, I know oh my goodness please don't 
please don't mistake me as being somebody that loves the whole monarch, but we have a constitution that a lot of people are not aware of. And by having that power and still having that monarch and not being a republic, we have a lot more rights than if we were to sort of throw all that under the bus and start again. So, yes, I know there's all kinds of craziness that's going on in that world, but just mm. so that we know that, you know, a lot of the time with our language, if I write to an MP and I say, you know, I'm a citizen and I want to, you know, I want to exercise my rights under the Constitution, quite likely they can just laugh at me and say, well, you just, you know, you just relinquished your rights. You're a citizen. You're not a, you're not a subject of the Queen. That's interesting. It, it is something that I do want to talk about in the future is the whole issue of um, the Australian government, um, the mm-hmm. shadow government and the... Uh, and the way in which the the Australian constitution has been constructed and deconstructed. Yes. So that's a really important thing. Thank you for making that distinction. I appreciate that. So uh, somebody over here has said, best $15 I spent sending that mail. So obviously some of the people watching <laughs> this have, have yes. done as you asked, and that's fantastic. Um, so this is the my will letter and the my will yep. letter is asking for no jab no pay to be um overturned basically is is yep. that the right repealed. word yeah uh, yeah repealed. Yep. repealed so um why did you choose no jab no pay for this first campaign mm, good question <laughs> so first of all um let me make this very clear that, that none of this that we're dealing with right now affects my family right now I don't think we were ever going to use childcare. Um, I think I love being a mum so much and my partner loves being a dad and we're in a position where at this point right now, I don't think we would have been backed into a corner to use it. Um, As far as the benefits side of things, I don't, uh, don't deal with any of that sort of stuff. I don't really feel that that affects me. But um, I feel that what we have here is a dangerous precedent of legislation that attempts to um, corner people into a situation where they are being forced to medicate themselves or their children. Now, right Mm. now, we have a record number of people lining up for welfare. And we have over there, on the other side, we have a piece of legislation which is actually an amendment to a much larger piece of legislation which covers all kinds of payments. It covers newborn baby supplements, it covers widowers' pensions. Now, right now, no jab, no pay only applies to a particular part of it, but why not use that as a precedent to then try and roll it out on the whole lot? All you have to do is a tiny little amendment here and a tiny little amendment over there and then use that and say, oh, how wonderful has no jab, no pay been. It has increased all the vaccination rates. It's such great. And I say to them, but has it increased health? And they don't want to know about that. Um, (laughs) Inconvenience. (laughs) Inconvenience. Yeah. Oh, Mm. that's that's a bit of an awkward conversation. (laughs) Um, so, So, you know, with all these wonderful statistics that no definite pay has made, then let's roll that out across the welfare system. Yeah. So whether you have kids or you don't have kids, I think this matters to everybody. Yes. And there is no point me running around chasing a like acting like a puppy chasing a tennis ball off a cliff, stressing about what coronavirus vaccine is going to be in the future or not going to be there or or when we're all going to get lined up and forcibly vaccinated or forcibly medicated when we've got stuff we can do right now. Yeah. I mean, there's all these media articles saying, oh, we're going to have anti-vaxxers locked up. And I'm like, show me the legislation and then I'll stress about it. Hmm. But right now I'm just going to keep working hard. 
And that's brilliant. And and what I see here is that by being proactive, you are taking responsibility for yourself and for your family. And you and I and the AVN and others in the community are asking anyone who cares about human rights, basic human inalienable rights and the right of bodily integrity to also take personal responsibility, not just for themselves and their family, but for their community as well. And these steps that you've taken, these two letters, is a great start to that. And so I'd like to move on from the no jab, no pay, my will letter to your criminal liability letter, which is concerning the issue of the day. We are getting dozens of emails every single day uh, yes. from people who are being affected by the legislation, the emergency legislation that is uh, somehow allowing uh aged care facilities or saying that it's allowing aged care facilities to require flu vaccination for people who work there, contractors who do jobs there, and also anyone who visits. Um, it's a horrendous situation. And uh, it's, it's also a tragic one because there are elderly people dying completely alone because they can't get visits from their loved ones. And nobody yes. should be in that position. Nobody. No, no I... I had an elderly lady call me today, uh, 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 more to do with my own uh, separate business, um, and she, 71, and she was saying to me how scared she was to leave her home, not because of the coronavirus, she's scared she's going to get a $1,600 fine from the police. Wow. Now, let's talk about, my goodness. Um but back to this one, back to this letter and, and what it's about. Yes, yes, the, ter the terrorism on that side of things is huge. Um, we have uh, also got a lot of businesses and companies that are stepping up and saying, hey, I'm going to put my hand up to enforce that legislation, even though the name of my business has nothing to do with aged care. You know, oh, hey, I've got a childcare facility. I'm going to force everybody to do that too. No legislation to support it. They have no power to support it, but they're just offering you an opportunity to be pushed into the corner mm -hmm. and it's up to you to fight. Unfortunately, it is up to all of us to fight. So this letter is, though, however, this letter, the, the liability letter, is very much about um, the aged care situation that we're dealing with, which in Victoria they have decided to roll it out as including many other things other than aged care, such as a, a drug and alcohol residential service, a homelessness residential service, um, a disability residential service, an eligible SDA enrolled dwelling. This list is not even compliant with the, with the simple list that was issued on a federal level. Mm. This is a, 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 an embellished list. Well, Victoria has a long history of tyranny. Of well, tyranny, basically. Absolutely. I mean, they have a history of just overstepping, overreaching, and taking yep. away people's rights. So um, yep. what I want to stress is that this letter is not a magic bullet. There is no guarantee that it's going to do what we all wanted to do, which is to wake the, the politicians and the community up to what is happening here. But it is, I believe, a really good and powerful first step for people to take. And if enough people send this letter in, um, and it doesn't have to be in Victoria. This is for any state. Is that this right? Is for, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. this letter is directed at a federal level. And this is very important to understand mm -hmm. the difference here. Um, mm -hmm. 
the federal government uh, has a, um, a, com a committee, I guess we call it, the Australian Health Principle, uh, the Australian Health Protection Principle Committee, and it's they issued a directive saying that all the states need to comply by a May 1st deadline to force the residential aged care workers, visitors and contractors to be injected with the flu vaccine um, and additionally any visitor or attendee. But this is all from a federal level. We are, with this particular campaign, this letter goes to the federal um, list that's on the website, which yep. is your MP and all senators in your state and all it does is it simply says that this is a um, this is a medical experiment because we have rising rates of cancer, genetic issues, and fertility issues in Australia. Vaccines have not this. Well, actually, we even detail the vaccines and we say these have not been tested for their potential for carcinogenic, mutagenic, or fertility issues. Um, we deem this to be a medical experiment and and we list the legislation that applies here, that medical experimentations are unlawful um, and we say that you, what we're bringing this to your attention, so we're bringing this to our representatives' attention, remembering it's not their job to comment on this and we are asking them to immediately uh, alert the Attorney-General and the Attorney-General is the guy who's supposed to stand over everything and say, hey, that's not lawful. So we're saying to our MPs, you need to go and talk to the guy who can fix this. We're mm -hmm. not telling them to fix it. We're telling them to go and talk to the guy who can issue a directive saying this is unlawful and you need to remove that. So that's all we're saying for them to do. Now, so far, we've actually had four ministers agree to do this. Brilliant. Uh, four out of so many that have tried to fob us off, and one of them tried to fob one of my one of my lovely ladies that was writing to him off, and she replied and said to him, "I just want to confirm with you that you are refusing to raise the issues that I have communicated with you in this letter. Um, that you are refusing to raise those issues of medical experimentation and breaches of international and federal legislation with the Attorney General within." Half an hour, email back, it's been forwarded. <gasps> wow. You put them on notice. And, and that's yep. the thing. You said this at the very beginning. They work for us. They are public servants. We are the public. Yes. They are our servants. And they yes. need to do our will. It is not the other way around. We're paying them to do our will. Just yes. like we pay anyone to come and do a job for us. Well, they need that to do the nice. job or they're going to be fired. So, yes, and yeah. we we have to be very very. I, I mean, one of a very good um, advisor for me likes to call it a uh, being a silent a, a, a smiling assassin who says, you know, mm. everything with you know everything has a polite letter that just tells them that this is what's going to happen and this is how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of the stress out of writing. Instead of saying, you're being awful, you're trying to kill my family, you say this is what you need to do. And so in this particular liability letter, we state that if they do not do this, if they do not forward this along to the Attorney General, that they are complicit and consensual in the undertaking of a mass medical experimentation on the people of Australia and they accept full financial and criminal liability under the Crimes Act 1940 as 14 as well as the Criminal Code Act 1995. So if you don't, all you have to do is just forward it along. That's, That's all it. we want you to do. It's not hard. <laughs> not hard. Otherwise, you are accepting 
liability for this. Now, as to whether we can take them to court over it or not, look, we all just do what we can. Yep. And there's no point saying, you know, this won't work when we haven't done it. And there is nothing that stops us from bringing up some people have said to me, oh, that's a very strongly worded letter. I'm like, look, they're killing people. They are, they are they are, terrorising people with this. Um, there's so many people email. My inbox runs at about mm-hmm. 200 unread messages all the time that I just am struggling to keep up with. Where can I and, relate? <laughs> and I do, we definitely try the best we can. But so many mm. people heartbroken. They can't go see their grandma. They can't, you know. Now, one thing I really want to stress right now, um, this May 1 situation, from everything I've seen, go always go research everything yourself. We should be pretty good at researching things ourselves by now, but always go. From what I can see, the May 1 directive is issued under the power of this emergency power that they've given themselves. Mm. Once the emergency power goes away, as in we're no longer under that, which that will have to end eventually, this May 1 deadline disappears. So once everyone, when everyone's being told you have to get the flu vax, otherwise you will never see your family again, from everything I've seen, once this whole pandemic, pandemic situation goes away, um, we have a leg to stand on, an extra leg to stand on saying, you know, you can't lock me out now, that's done. Yep. And there is, I have not seen any legislation one of the ladies that was sending in letters spoke to her MP and they tried to tell her that they rushed they rushed the legislation through outside of parliament. You can't what? rush legislation through outside of parliament. That is, there's not. What, they that. went to the corner pub and just all decided they were going <laughs> to vote on this legislation? I don't think so. I went, I went, I went had a Zoom meeting and said, who wants to make this call? Co- yeah, no. No, that's not the case. So from everything I've seen, once these emergency powers go away, then that is not something that applies anymore. Mm. So what that means is it's not don't fight. It means fight hard because eventually those power, those, that legislation will go. Well, I think it will. Absolutely. If we do not say right now, I don't consent to the mm-hmm. government telling me this, the government's going to tell you that. So and the government the- will go as far as you allow it to. Exactly right. And the people we need to be saying this too is not our friends on Facebook and Instagram Mm. and all of those. We need to be saying this to the politicians and not in a chain email that is carbon copied into all of the ministers Mm. that doesn't have a pro. No, it needs to be done properly. They have every right to ignore you when you're doing a chain email and they just say, yeah, I'm not interested. That's just spam. And they add you to the spam folder, which is why you print the documents off, you sign them, you put your name on it, you put your address on it. And if you think they're going to come find you off that letter you don't know about the australian immunization register because <laughs> all your details are already on there everything so that's not and you know what everyone i pretty much everyone i talk to that is involved in this sort of activism no we do not have the police knocking on our door we are simply exercising our rights and if you don't exercise them you're going to lose them so <laughs> but yeah i i'm not going to save this i'm not going to fix this i don't imagine meryl i don't imagine you're going to fix this i think it's the people that mm. fix this and it's up to the people to every single one of us stand up and say I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm taking a step, even if it's a little step, even if you get bounced back and hassled and told, you know, oh, you don't count, you'll 
you'll get to the point where you're making a difference. And yes, if enough people do it, it will make a difference. And it's so important what you said about people putting their names on the letter. I've been yeah. doing this for 26 years. I'm still here. And there, is, <laughs> there are very few yeah. people in Australia more public than I have been on oh, this I issue. Agree. So, you know, we need to all stand up and do what we can. And this, these letters are just a brilliant, brilliant step in the right direction. Um, we, I, I love the way you communicate. I think that, that it is non-confrontational, but, but firm. And I think yeah. that that's a good balance yeah. to, to, yes. to pull. Confrontation makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. Being clear and in control of my communication makes me feel empowered. So mm. I feel like I can do something back here in a lovely, nice and cut. But I'm not after being liked by the office clerk at the local MP. <laughs> I'm not interested to be liked by them. I'm simply stating. And there is, you know, they have codes of conduct that they have to comply to. And if they are abusing you or behaving outside of that code of conduct, there's all kinds of ramifications for that as well. Mm. But the thing is, you know, I, I think that we definitely all just have to go, right, it's time to do something about this. We will not be bullied. Um, and I personally feel like anybody that is on the side of stopping this tyranny and stopping this mandated forcing people to be medicated they're my friends. So you're my friend. Anita's my friend. Alona's my friend. You know, a whole lot of you are my friends. And I will not allow my friends to stand alone. Mm. And that is very much what I feel it is. I will not. I will not do that. I will not hide behind my friends to look after my future for my family. I'm getting a little teary just listening to that. That's <laughs> that's wonderful. That and I wish that more people would learn to get over their fear. Because I think fear is what holds us back. We all love each other. We all care about each other. But we allow fear of things that we shouldn't be afraid of because what we should be afraid of is the government doing what the government's doing right now and what they have done over the last few years. Yeah. That I'm afraid of. I am not I, afraid of all that other stuff. No, so. and I, I mean, I have had dozens and dozens of emails saying, are you scared about the ramifications? And I say absolutely petrified of the ramifications mm. of not doing anything. Yes. I am not petrified <laughs> of any, I mean, what's it, send me a letter and say, oh, you, you know, oh, send me a letter saying that I need to vaccinate my kids or whatever. I go, that's, yeah, sure. Thanks. Cool story. Not going to happen. And I don't really care what you have to say. You're just, you're somebody that I, that I pay my tax dollars to. Yeah. To represent me, and I'm not interested in it. So exactly. Now, can we talk for just a second before we go to questions? Thank you, everyone, for holding your questions. I know there've been a lot of comments coming through, and I have posted the address of Melissa's website a few times. I've just posted it again. Um, I and will put it at the top. Sorry, go ahead. Just, yes, just one huge thing. I, I really have to say, um, the, the the volunteer that put the website together is uh, amazing, and he's done, oh my goodness, like four or five days of work on this, trying right. to get it all to line up properly. So a huge thank you from everybody to him, and also we've had three amazing ladies that have been helping me out with emails and admin, and I would have been, you know, this would have crashed and burned ages ago before that. So. Really Really, I must say, this is not an I situation. Okay. This is very 
very much been a team effort. I have a law expert that I've had his ear a lot and we've had many conversations about this. So it's all very much working together. Whoever can put what they can in, we all just do this together. So huge, huge shout out to these people. Brilliant, brilliant. We have to always um, work as a community. It's the only way we can be effective. And especially when I... I spoke with you the other day, and I know that you're being run off your feet, as are the people working with you, which is hard, but it's also good because it it's means amazing. that people yes. are, are taking action, and that's yeah, brilliant. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, don't stop, everybody. Keep going, but now you'll be able to go straight onto the website rather than <laughs> Okay, well, I want to just talk very quickly one, one more thing before we go to questions, and that is the next step on the website because you've been talking to me about doing FOIs, Freedom of Information mm. Requests, and yes. that is so good because they are really, yes. really, really important. Uh, so explain yes. a little bit about what you want to do and what you want people to do. Yes. So um, there's been a couple of things that we've been working on. Um, I have been exercising my right to issue a freedom of information request. So, for example, um, we got a, I got an email back yesterday in relation to a particular federal senator who is in charge of aged care who made all kinds of grandiose statements about vaccination and aged care and flu vaccines. So I went on to his statement, I copied his statement across various parts of it, and I FOI'd the hell out of it. I said, you show me under the Freedom of Information request the science that you are relying upon to prove that there, are, there is a decrease in hospitalisation post-flu vaccine. Um, and then there were several other topics, I just FOI the whole lot. Um, we've got FIs in over the no jab, no pay situation and they've been trying to wriggle out of that so hard. They just don't understand <laughs> why you would want to know the science that was used behind the legislation. Just trust it. <laughs> they say it's constitutional and we say, I want you to show me how. And they say, but you need to understand it is constitutional. And I'm like, show me the document. <laughs> so we've been doing that. Um, there's been several other FOIs that have gone in with FOI'd the, uh, that committee, the Australian uh, Health Protection Principle Committee on a whole bunch of the same statements right. about how they're tying in the flu vaccine with coronavirus. And all it is is, yes. oh, we're trying to flatten the curve. Look, I'm sorry, the flu is not what we're dealing with right now. Um, so basically I'm FOIing them saying, show me what documents you are relying upon to make these statements because otherwise why don't you just tell us all to take antidepressants and that'll fix the coronavirus situation or, you know, <laughs> how could you possibly tie this in? So, uh, so anyway, um, that is happening. And the next thing that I think that we are working on is working on some template FOIs that people might be able to send in to their MPs, asking them to prove their valid uh, oath of office, which... Um, all the ones that I have seen so far are all sitting in treason because they are, have sworn allegiance to the Queen of Australia and um, the penny drops for a lot of people and they realise we don't actually have never seen her. The Queen of Australia doesn't exist. It's an entity that was created. It's all part of our shadow fraudulent government, which mm. is just... Anyway. Um, so when people are communicating with these MPs and they realise that they're not even sitting in valid office 
all of a sudden you want to see a fear drop, your fear will drop real fast then. You won't be intimidated. You'll say, oh, I'm going to talk to you about this because right, right. this is a big deal. So we're just sort of working out a template that's going to, going to be suitable for that. But everyone has a right to request information. They request information and documents from government departments. And, you know, you see all these grandiose statements and they're telling you this and they're telling you, like, okay, I want to see the documents. Because you're just telling me how amazing all this is and I'm saying, you know, well, show me the proof. Yep, that's it. And you have a right to request that. That's why the FOI legislation exists. So a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of filling in an FOI because they don't know how it should be formulated, what sort of questions you're allowed to ask, who you're even allowed to request from. So you on your website are going to help a lot with that because you're going to put template letters up there that people can simply, again, just the same way they're doing with these two letters, fill them out, send them in, and you'll have instructions on that. And, you know, you've said something to me here. You said you're there to fight, um, not for, you don't want to fight for Australians you want to fight with Australians and we all have a voice so we need to exercise that voice and to fight for what we believe is right so I I salute you for the work that you've done it is amazing and and going forward the work you're going to be doing um, yes, um, and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing people, now that they've got the website, they don't need me so much, mm-hmm. so they can really get their groups together and work on this together. Yes. Um, and really, I mean, that's how it, originally it was simply pass your, uh, pass your information along to the next person. Um, and and then they would send it in. So that was quite good. And there is probably just one thing I do need to address on here. There is no criminal class action there was a fake post that was put out which listed my email address and it said that we had a a class action and to contact shine lawyers over this and that and and to get in contact with me and this has been going viral Mm. um it's more hijacked the campaign than anything it has not been something that's been very good um but uh and I, i did actually have a lovely email through that from a gentleman who said i should go and live on an island and i thought you are And there was also a post that was written, not by me, but it looked like it was written by me talking in many, in much fearful language about how everybody was going to get the COVID vaccine and all this kind of stuff. Not me. Generally, what I do is if I put something out, I put it on a video because it's a little bit harder to, to mess that up. Mm, so That's true. Yep. Good point. So confirm anything that you hear is coming from Melissa, is actually coming from Melissa. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah. that's a good thing. All right, good. So let's go to questions. This is from Adam. Melissa, would you share your FOIs with the AVN website to share with their members? That's what Adam Absolutely. is asking. Okay, Absolutely. brilliant. It'll be free brilliant. for anybody to, to use, and the responses will be as well because oh, the responses great. are a matter of, of public concern and can be used in any if anyone wants to use them. Absolutely. 
Okay, that's brilliant. Um, this is from Bettina, who's been a member for years. Thank you so much for your guidance. My whole family sent off the template letters last week. So good to have those templates. We'll keep fighting for our rights. Thank you and God bless. Thank you so yeah. much, Bettina. That's great. Sorry um, about all the printing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we got to do something with our printers yeah. during this lockdown. So I mean, get paper, get ink, you got it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Susan said, this aged care entry is bull. People also need to write to Greg Hunt to rethink. Is Greg Hunt, now Greg Hunt's the federal minister for health, so. He is also some poor people's actual uh, minister. <laughs> no! I, believe he's a, I don't believe he's a senator. I believe he is an MP yes. for, because uh, people say, oh, I'm in Greg Hunt's electorate. I'm like, you poor. <laughs> um, so those people need to be writing to their MP. Now, if anyone write, wants to send this letter to different ministers that's not their MP or their senator, they just need to adapt it otherwise it won't make sense because it is written to your representative yeah. um, so if you want to send it to someone like Greg Hunt you just need to adapt it read it think who you're writing to and adapt it right. but I do suggest that we don't add in uh, topics that they can then divert to like talking about all the different safety studies etc that's okay but if it gets too complex they will divert you to talking about those topics rather than the simple mm. topic at the end, which is send this to the Attorney General. The MP can't fix this. Are, do I remember that on your website you actually said if you wanted to include any of that stuff, put it in as a separate letter. Don't put separate it on. Yeah. yeah. Separate email. Don't put it on the same email because they will respond to you on those things. They okay. will argue about how safe and effective and you'll be triggered and you will be tricked into talking about yeah. that and you will have completely destroyed your right to be represented. And that's what you're insisting on. I want you to represent me and I want you to do this. Yeah. And that's what I want you to do. So that's why. It's not because I don't care, my goodness, that the stories are awful. And I really feel for, for, for so many people struggling with this mm. that I would like to say that I don't think that the MPs and senators give a shit most of the time. Yeah. I do not think that we tell them these things. I do not think they care. But talk about those things with them on a separate topic so that they can't wreck this. Okay. Is that good advice um, from Chrissy Chris. What can we do when Bill Gates wants to vaccinate the whole world with Corona vaccines that had, and I don't really know what she means here. Um, oh, maybe that had coronavirus in them. Um, and I think Chrissy, what 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 Melissa has been talking about here is let's take this action now. Let's not worry oh, what about what's going to happen. That, huh? That's right. Because yeah. yeah. if if we want to avoid that. <clears throat> that issue coming up in a few months time when and if a vaccine is ever uh, ready, then we need to take action now. Uh, mm. Bronwyn O'Brien has asked what Melissa's website is. Bronwyn, I am pasting it into the comments below uh, where you are. Just scroll down four or five comments and you'll see it. I've pasted it in quite a few times in this um, chat, so you should be able to see it. Uh, Okay, Michelle Bracewell said, Ty Bollinger's The Truth About Vaccines has started on YouTube and, and Facebook. You need to register excellent info. Yes, it's free for the next nine days. I think they're showing one episode every day. Uh, this is The Truth About Vaccines 2020. I'm not sure if it's different from the other Truth About Vaccines, which was really excellent. Um, 
Okay, now I'm getting something here from Alfie Amigo. They don't reply, just say thanks for the email and our policy of vaccination remains. And I've seen responses like that. So Melissa, yeah. how do they handle that? <laughs> yeah, so on the website, there's a replies page which shows you there's a video on there. Um, I got some really good advice to help sort of fill in the blanks with that as well to make sure we did it properly. Um, and so listen to the video and there's also some notes that are just put in dot point on handling it. So for instance, when they say to you something along the lines of, thank you for your uh, concerns. However, our party's policy is very much to keep the no jab, no pay uh, legislation. Uh, thank you for your time. You write back and you will say, first of all, you need to establish that you're communicating with your representative, not the office admin. And secondly, you're saying, are you refusing to represent the will of your constituents in favour of representing the will of your party, yourself, or those that uh, uh, have a financial interest in your party or your own career? Mm. So rather than going and arguing on on this topic, which you don't need to argue on, you're saying, hang on a minute, you're refusing to represent me. Yep. Um, and now if we've got, you know, documented um, documented proof that they are refusing to represent their constituents, that is not their job. And if you've got enough of that, from what I can understand, they can be sacked over it. Can they? So okay. They have to. They have to represent you. That's what they're being paid to do. So if they keep writing back and saying, "I'm not going to represent you. I'm representing my party," they've already just decided that they're not going to do their job. That's good. That's good so to know. So there's a big thing on the replies there, which is really helpful. And I've seen people writing some excellent replies and actually getting more than just that sort of nonsense from mm. those offices. Are you asking people? to send you copies of the letters that they send and also any responses they receive or no? No, not specifically, um, but a lot of people do flick me replies just because they want someone to talk to about it. Mm. And if I can, I'll say, oh, I have, you know, but first look at the replies video because a lot of that is covered in there. Yep. Um, and then if they get stuck with something, then a lot of people do because I'm just here as like a friend to, to do what I can. Yep. And, you know, you just sort of say, oh, by the way, you're actually writing to the office admin right now. So you probably don't want to waste your breath on them. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so you've done the hard yards, you've done the work, and it's up to people to actually follow through. Um, Greg Owens says, I can't afford not to work. If I don't have the flu jab, I'll be out of a job. I'm very informed, but I had no rights. It has been really distressing. I even had to reach out to, hold on, I even had to reach out wait a minute, to the work-to-workplace counselling. Many staff were highly distressed that our residents have more rights than we the carers do. Some, some staff have purchased detox kits. So obviously Greg has already taken the vaccine because he felt that he had to. He was between a rock and a hard place. Um, what can Greg do? Is he, should he just fill in these letters and send them off and hope that this isn't going to happen again? Be part of the change. Hmm. Be part of the change. What decisions people have, have had to or the situations that they are in, it's not going to get any better if we are not still 
you know, looking to the future and saying, what can we do about preventing this from happening again? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that is that is certainly important. And I think when, you know, I know that there are some uh, places where they are talking about getting together and walking off the job yes. over this. And, you know, before anyone says, I must go take this, I understand people feel this way. Mm. Um, but fully, you know, fully explore all your options. See what else you can, you know, see if you can network some people together and say, hey, you know, what what happens next year when it's when it's this and it's that and we have to take all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard reports of, of bosses saying that even if you had anaphylactic shock reactions, they were still going to force you to have it, yes. which isn't even true. Um, but it's very much it's it's the best we can do is band together and, and just work together because otherwise it's, yeah, it's just going to keep going that way. Do you have any advice? Because we've had a few people who tell us that they have not only been pushed or bullied, which is what it is, into having mm -hmm. the flu vaccine, but they've also been told they have to sign some sort of a document absolving mm -hmm. the facility of any responsibility <laughs> should they be um, adversely affected, uh, which is totally illegal. It's a self-serving document, and it will not stand up in a court of law even if you sign it, but it does make mm -hmm. your ability to claim workers' compensation or any other form of compensation more yeah. difficult. So Look, what should people do? I, <laughs> I personally, if I was in that situation, would be presenting the employer with a document um, with a, uh, a uh, sure, I will absolve you of everything for the cost of $250,000 per year. Um, and uh, <laughs> that will be payable each year. I would be more inclined to do that. My God, I would never sign that. Yeah. Um, that you, you could be in so much strife. But you know what I have found really, really helpful is just learning about my rights mm. a lot more. Um, I know that I have done a lot of learning through various places, but the Know Your Rights group, now that's not a Facebook group, Know Your Rights group is an actual uh, website and they have lots of really informative stuff about what your rights are, how to write letters, how to respond to stuff. And I've just found them to be super helpful to just sort of go, okay, well, I don't have to do this. I don't, you know, they're offering me a contract saying the contract involves me getting rid of all my rights and I offer them another contract that involves me doing that in exchange for $250,000 a year. So there's a lot of things like that. I think that we just have to go and educate ourselves on what our rights are and then we would look at that and just be like, no way, I'm not touching that. Absolutely. Okay, um, Nicola said, the download comes as a PDF. Are there any Word templates? I, I actually thought it was a Word document when I downloaded it because otherwise, how do you edit it? It is, it no, is Word. It's supposed to be a Word document. Yeah, it um, is. Um, I'll check after we're done here and double check that because there could be, there could be two, but um, there could have been a PDF plus a Word document. Right. But from what I understand, that, that it was a Word document, and that's what I, has been coming up on my end. Okay, mine too when I downloaded it. So, Nicola, maybe check back in a little while, give it an hour or so, and see if it's still coming up that way. And if it is, write to the website and see what they can do. Um, all right. Can we? All right, Michelle Butler, can we volunteer in any way to support you? I need a really dedicated researcher. Uh, so if anyone is a dedicated researcher and they need to have time, you know, they need to have at least four hours a day that they can commit to this. Um, because when I'm working on, working on a letter 
or something. Things are changing so fast. So from when I first wrote the le- that criminal liability letter to when we uh, to now, things changed. The state governments changed, 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 changed. First they were talking childcare, then they took that off. Then Victoria's added this other list. So if I've got a research that I can say, all right, I need you to research this, and they can go and do all that, that would be that would mean more material getting out to people. So great, definitely reach out if you're in that position. And how do they reach out? Through your website? Is there a contact link on there? There is. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a place where they can sign up, which they will be sent an email, and they can reply to that email. Okay, good. So, um, Michelle, if you have time to do that, please uh, fill in that form. Otherwise, anyone else listening, please volunteer because, yeah, we all have to work together. Um, yeah. Carrie Lee says it's not a question but it's so distressing no one even cares if you have a pre-existing allergy to it or its contents even with an existing medical certificate I feel like I've got a gun to my head and yeah they are bullies they are really and truly bullies and what do you do with a bully bullies are scared and what they are is they are scared that you're going to say no they have power over you through threatening your job but you have power over them because they need you too so quite honestly if enough of you and and in a facility i don't know how many people work at the average nursing home or aged care facility but i would probably think that if only three or four of you decided to walk off um that would be really difficult for them. Um, yeah, and, and keeping in mind that these uh, aged care facilities, from what I understand, all receive government funding. Um, mm. So that's also how they're holding them, holding this over you. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, I, I couldn't leave because, um, you know, the, the, well, what about the residents? Well, if you leave and they're not being cared for, you need to report that um, aged care facility for not caring for them properly. So it's not a case of taking a shot to look after the residents. It's about saying, oh, you will not take my rights off me and you won't take their rights off them either. Mm. Um, so definitely get a group, you know, getting a group together and walking off the job is going to be far more productive long term if you can. Yep. Okay, Victoria Konash, after the second letter where I asked for evidence, I got no reply at all. What can I write back to their silence? Good question. Yeah, I think the thing would be uh, if that if she's referring to the to the liability letter, um, I'd be picking up the phone and giving them a call, saying I'm still waiting for this um, response from you. Mm. Um, don't let them don't let them dismiss you. You don't get dismissed by the staff. You keep the staff in in line and you make sure the staff do their job. So you chase them up and you say, you know, what's going on with my reply in a, in a lovely, nice tone. But mm. still, I'm waiting for my reply. Keep chasing them up. Set yourself out a spreadsheet of all the different documents you've got. I mean, I've got FOIs going everywhere and I need to make sure that they are replied to in a certain time frame. So I have to keep a bit of a calendar on all of that. And it's just if everyone spent, you know, even 10 or 15 minutes a day on just flicking an email back, making a phone call. I think we'd have a whole different country than what we have right now. I agree. And right now we're all home anyway for the most part, so we have time to do this. What I can mm. recommend with the phone call issue is, if even if you don't keep a spreadsheet, make a note of the date and the time that you called, what phone number you used, and the name of the person you spoke with. And just jot down a couple of quick notes about what they said so that you have that because you'll forget that if you're like me you'll forget it five minutes later but um, yeah it's really important to keep a written record of all those things so um, 
Melissa Shear said, no one has bothered to reply to my emails yet, not one. Melissa, how long has it been since you wrote? Because um, if it's, I, I think you're supposed to give them a week. And if they haven't replied yeah. within a week, you need to follow up. Yeah, yep, definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, just using some of those things, like I, I wrote this letter, um, are you still representing your constituents? I know that my uh, MP um, was sort of trying to dodge a meeting with me and I said to them, okay, because I didn't need it right at that point. And I said to him, okay, well, if you could just get in contact with me when you are representing your constituents again. Now he has not replied <laughs> to that. So I currently have evidence that he is not representing his constituents. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you can always throw a few things. Silent, uh, is it silent acquiescence? When you agree to something by your silence. That's so right. when somebody says to you, um, "You, I'm going to ask you for $250,000 by the end of next week, you don't reply to that. Um, you know, you sort of agreed I'm going to give you $250,000 by the end of next week. So, <laughs> you know, you, you sort of say these things to them, which then forces them to have to. So are you still representing your constituents or have you have you decided you won't be over this period? So there's a lot of things you can do like that to get replies from them. That's good. Hold them accountable. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Nicola has just shared a letter. I've seen this letter from a lot of different. I, this is the other thing. A lot of politicians actually use the same wording, the same form letter that their party tells them. Uh, Thank you for contacting Senator O'Neill regarding no jab, <laughs> no pay legislation. <laughs> Labor acknowledges the overwhelming scientific consensus in support of vaccination. Vaccination has been critical in eradicating. I mean, this is such a lie. Vaccination has been critical in eradicating many common and previously pernicious diseases like polio, mumps, and smallpox. Um, Labor supported the no jab, no pay legislation in 2015, which increased the rates of vaccination in Australia, and Labor continues to support it now. Thank you again for taking the time to contact our office. <laughs> yes, and if you look below that, I believe you will find that that was written by a guy called Liam. Liam is not Senator O'Neill. <laughs> Senator O'Neill is Senator O'Neill and Liam just dismissed you. You didn't even get heard by the Senator because Liam wrote back about party policy. So that is where we have to look at that and go, well, Liam doesn't represent me in Parliament. What am I talking to him for? I want a response from Senator O'Neill. Yeah. Whether it says it says this was written by Senator O'Neill or this was written with her permission, um, it has to have permission. How do I know Liam's not just blocking everything? Because I'm pretty confident a lot of them do. Yeah. Um, so how do we know that the office staff isn't blocking and the advisors aren't blocking? We want to we we demand to be heard by our representative, which is Senator O'Neill. And once Senator O'Neill says to us, our party policy is, what do we say? Do you follow the will of your constituents or do you follow the will of your party? Because if she follows the will of her party and doesn't represent her constituents, we've got evidence there. She's not doing her job. That's it. That's good. Okay. Ashley said, has anyone heard anything more on mandatory vaccinations for aged and healthcare workers? I am a uni student and was told that I'm not vaccine compliant, up to seven vaccines. I won't be able to complete placement and possibly my degree, occupational therapy. I have had to fight for my right to not vaccinate and was successful, but unfortunately, they won't give me any kind of hospital or clinical placement because of New South Wales health policy. 
Ashley, the word there you need to listen to is policy. There has been no legislation passed in New South Wales to require that anyone be vaccinated in order to fulfill their placement uh, in the hospital setting. Um, and you can choose to wear a, I don't, I don't know if it needs to be an N95 mask, but you can choose to wear a mask during your practicum and they cannot deny that to you. Um, so I would suggest you contact the, uh, sorry, if you want to, do you want to say anything about that? Yes, yeah, so that's correct. The only thing is that right now, when it comes to the emergency powers situation, mm. the aged care facilities will be off limits until yes. the emergency powers go away. But no, there is not legislation in New South Wales and it is policy and policy is, yes, as you're saying. Yep. And, and for practicum, I don't think that, well, maybe occupational therapy is different. I don't know if you do practical work in, a, in an aged care facility. It's usually a hospital, I thought. So if it's a hospital, it's not covered by this emergency act as far as I know. So unless there's an aged care ward in that hospital, uh, they can try and they, they have been trying to say to people, oh, there's an aged care ward. Um, but you, you know, you can still argue, well, I'm not working in that aged mm. care ward. So there's, there's all kinds of things. But I think a lot of it is about picking up on wording like that, like that policy. Policy is, you know, policy is whatever. Yeah. So definitely picking up on that and then coming back with the correct language with them to inform them that you still are sticking by your rights. That's right, because trust me, if, if the hospital wrote a policy that anyone who was HIV positive would not be allowed to work there, there would be a revolution um, yeah. against that hospital. So there should be yeah. a revolution against anyone who tells you that as well. Um so let me just see what else we've got. Uh, Melissa, are, this is from Adam. Melissa, are there any legal actions people can take if they lose their job when refusing the flu vaccine? I'm not aware of that. So I'm not, um, I wouldn't be in a position to answer that properly. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I would be thinking along the lines of legal action against the state government over that. Um, but uh, you would have to get very well educated on how to represent yourself properly in that manner. So, yes, that's probably the best best way that I could point you. And definitely looking at things like, you know, learning your rights because you probably don't know half the ones you're missing mm -hmm. out on. Um, Irina said it is a Word doc. So whoever was having the problem opening up the document before, you may have to look about how your your computer is set up. It may be opening, trying to open dot doc or dot docx with a with a with Acrobat yeah. instead of yep. um, yeah instead of with Word. So uh, yeah, Adam said let's support Melissa and raise a team of researchers. That would be fantastic. And if you get any extra, we can use one too.
You know, they can yeah. ask you to sleep on standing on your head, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's great. Just just delete the text message, I would think, at this point in time. Block it, mm. block it, any of those, whatever you wish. <laughs> um, I'll add it to spam. Um, I um, saw a message from a Queensland health department. Somebody had missed, uh, had left the hospital, so they were a patient. And they were told, make sure you get your uh, flu vax. It is, they used words like compulsory or mandatory. <laughs> and it was mandatory that all Queenslanders get the flu, flu vaccine. And um, they use language like this, but we have to say, hang on a minute, just, just one question I want to ask, where's the legislation that you are getting the power for? Yes. Because we don't realise there has to be legislation to get that power for. Under these emergency powers, that's where they're saying, oh, we're using the whichever one, whether it's the Biosecurity Act or they're using the individual state acts, which are their own little ones. There still has to be something there that they're getting the power from. They can't just come up and say, everybody has to do this now. That's it. And they're all acting outside of the law when they do things oh, like sure. this. And I think anyone who got a letter like that should be sending it to the ombudsman for their state and filing an official complaint because they are not allowed to lie to you. And that is a lie. So you've got to hold them, hold them to it. That's and, right. Um, on that note, just one thing that I found a lot of people aren't aware of um, is Section 95 of the Biosecurity Act, which actually clearly spells out that you cannot be forcefully medicated or vaccinated. Um, now, this is the Federal Act, but it does say that very clearly because there is a part of the Biosecurity Act which talks about people being required to take mm. vaccinations and medications. But just toning down the fear a little bit with a bit of information, look at Section 95 of it because you cannot be forcefully under that act. It's very important for people because we get so scared, we're ready to pack a bag and head for the bush. Yep. Um, but that's very important for people to know that. Yep. Or that island that that person wants to send I'd you to. Yes. <laughs> Any day you can, you can join me there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, this is from Greg Owens. Again, New South Wales, 1st May 2020. No flu jab, no job, or visit any aged care facility. My goal is to get out of aged care. This jab, what's next? And that's important. Aged yes. care is work for the dole now. I leave even with all my skills and experience, they will soon replace me. We are not valued. I, I don't know about that, Greg. I think that you're not going to be that easy to replace. One Greg might be two Gregs, even three or four Gregs might be easy to replace. But if 10 Gregs walk out, there's no replacing you. So this is where it's a numbers game also. Um, do you agree with that, Melissa? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people, um, when you start to be braver and stand up and say, you know, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I know I was talking to a lady today and she said, oh, yes, I know. I've spoken to this lady and she's, she's very, uh, I think she doesn't vaccinate. I was like, oh, we would be the best of friends. <laughs> and then she was saying, you know, something about, I said, oh, yes, someone was telling me the other day about the corona vaccine not being um, tested against a placebo, and I just laughed, and I said, you know, and you, did you think the others were? And when you have that level of confidence oh. where you start to build it, you make friends, and you realise how many people are like, hang on a minute, you know, maybe they've got something that, that's legit here, and you start to influence people, and that is why we're the biggest danger to the World Health Organisation, not to World Health, but the World World Health Organization right. because we 
are speaking the truth and the truth attracts other people that are speaking the truth and then you all walk off the job together. Now, I know it's not that simple and I know there's a lot of deeply ingrained um, beliefs that people have, but I, I personally have found so many people in my in my immediate life that are actually like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that just because I'll just sort of say things just like it's a normal conversation because I don't, you know, I don't sort of beat around the bush about it. I mean, my elderly, um, one of my elderly friends, I said, how do you feel, you know, about the flu shot and just that accumulation of of, of um, heavy metals year after year? So, oh, I don't care what it is. I'm going to take it every year. And I said, oh, no, that's fair enough. I suppose it's just the babies that get the same dose that's a concern. Anyway, how's your veggie garden going? <laughs> Well done. We need you to teach a course in communication, power oh, communication. If, if, if I, have, I have been beside myself being stressful about not mm. saying anything to people and, and not being, you know, outing myself and all that sort of stuff. And then it's just been a case of one step after the other. And I believe that when we're doing, when we're, when we're acting according to truth, I do believe that we are in the safest place we can mm. be. I agree. Okay, next question is from Joylene Michelle. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Where are the templates on the website? And to answer that question, this is Go the website. Go through the five-step process. That's One, right. two, three, four, five, and you'll get to them. And to, to click to find this five steps, you see at the top where it says home, take action, replies, click on take action, and that takes yep. you to this five steps, and you yep. will find all the questions right there. Okay, good. Um, let me just see. We're going to probably have to get going soon, but uh, here we go. I'm just looking for more questions. There's lots of comments. Um, sorry. Oh, you got to thank you, Melissa, for all your hard work from Kaz. That's lovely. Uh, Milan said the Australian Government Department of Health Australian Immunization Handbook states immunization must be given voluntarily in the absence of any undue pressure, coercion or manipulation. Where does this stand legally? I work in aged care and I do not want a flu vaccine. Very good question. That is, that is, you know, that is a, a hard one. One of the things that I've looked at when I've looked at it and the thoughts that came to mind on it was that it is a document. It's not legislation, but we do have legislation that matters. Um, we are signatories to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, which states that no one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment. In particular, no one shall be subjected without his free consent to medical or scientific experimentation. Now, um, you will have some people try and tell you that, yes, but that's a treaty and we don't have to do it. However, we're also a signatory to the Vienna Convention on the Law of Treaties, which says a party may not invoke the provisions of its internal law as justification for its failure to perform a treaty. Another thing to look at here is that um, the way they're rolling this out where they have the states do all the dirty work with this, which is mm, quite clear. Yes. Um, the Australian, the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution states when a law of a state is inconsistent with the law of the Commonwealth, the latter shall prevail and the former to the extent of the inconsistency be invalid. The states cannot rise above the Constitution. 
They cannot rise above federal law. They cannot become more powerful. That is not how it's set up, and we do need to hold them accountable to that. So by enacting this May 1st legislation under the emergency powers, are they rising above the Constitution and above federal mandate? Because we have letters from Greg Hunt saying, well, as far as we're concerned in the federal government, vaccination is not mandatory for anyone in aged care. If the states are doing that, they're doing that off their own back. So yeah, it's the, the original pass the buck, you know. <laughs> so. Oh, it's been set up this way. It's mm. been clearly set up this way, except that we have a directive from, once again, federal, the Australian Health Protection Principal Committee, which was a federal level, saying that all the states need to roll this out. One, it is coming from federal. And two, all of these states doing something that is, you know, participating in a, in a medical experiment. I'm sorry, you're saying that's okay because according to um, even the um, Article 7, so Article 7 of the Australian Human Rights Commission Act, states exactly the same thing about medical or scientific experimentation. Mm. And I just got an email back from the Human Rights Commission this afternoon. We have been having some banter for the last five days where they did not want to accept what I was saying. Right. They're saying, no, 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 it's a state thing. Um, I pointed out that it is a federal thing, sent them the documents that came from the federal level, and they have said that um, they will be taking it further. So I don't have, hold my breath. I would hold my breath on that. But I would be saying if you are um, in a situation where you are being affected by these things, get onto them. Hmm. Tell them that it very, you know, use the use the everything in that criminal liability letter is all I used when I was communicating with them. I said that it came from this department, which is the Australian um, Health Protection Principal Committee, which is federal. Um, and then I stated what was going on. I stated why I'm saying it's against. And so they have said they will take it further. So they told me that um, they wouldn't accept it unless it was either on behalf of somebody else or for myself. And I said, I'm definitely doing it on behalf of many other people. And I will be collecting written um written documents from people just saying I'm I'm in on this as well yep. but even better go in and chase them yourself over it because you have every right to do that you know this is a power exchange right now they are in a position of power and according to many people they're in a position of fear so these letters change that they switch it around they put you the letter writer into a position of power and are yes. going to put the politicians into a position of fear because it lets them know that you're on to them and that you yes. know that they're acting outside of the law and that you are not acting in the in your best interest, the person who elected them, which is the job that they're being paid to do. So that's really yes. good, too. That is really, really good. Um, uh, let me just see. <laughs> uh, Greg, again, our workplace gave staff $10 gift vouchers if they were vaccinated at work. That's like the McDonald's voucher that they gave out to schools in the 1990s and the 2000s. If you got your kids vaccinated at school, it's bribery. It's a small bribe, but it's bribery. That, that sounds like uh, that sounds like coercion to me. That mm. sounds like they're paying you to participate in the medical experiment. Well, that's unethical, um, isn't it? That's I mean, there are laws against that. <laughs> yes there are but only we hold them to them we just say yeah the laws are there but anyway and we go and talk to all our friends and say how bad is this we're not going to get very far but i tell you what you don't feel much better than when you just finally you get 
through to somebody or a department mm -hmm. and they go, okay, we're going to do something about this. You know, it won't be you choosing to take action. You won't be able to stop yourself because I believe we are so sick of grinning and bearing it and trying to hide. And it's like, these are criminals. They don't even sit in valid office. Why are we listening to them? Why are we not saying, you know what, you're going to have to do your job mm -hmm. even though you don't even probably, you're not even set up to have a job because you're fake. <laughs> but if you're going to pretend to do the job, at least pretend to do the job. Mm, yeah, do it properly. Okay, yeah. my daughter, this is from Lisa Sedwell. My daughter wants to do nursing. They put first-year nurses into aged care facilities or they have to start their prac in an aged care. She is saying it's compulsory to have a flu vaccine. I would Wait. say, yeah. She, Wait. Yeah. yeah, and she needs to do these letters. You do yeah, also. Definitely. Yeah, your Everybody. daughter and you need to yeah. both do these letters because yeah. if, if you don't take action, it's, it's only going to get worse. So take yeah. the time, do it. But there's no, there's no, you know, as I said, even looking at this right now, if I was in a situation right now, there's no way, you know, chances are you go and get the flu vaccine and then three weeks later the whole emergency thing's off but you've got Julian Barr syndrome mm. and you can't even move properly. So, and, you know, trying to sue over that, yeah, you want to, but it's going to be hard. It's costly, so. time-consuming, and your chances of winning are not as good as they should be, sadly. So, yeah, it's, it's true. It's much easier to avoid the situation by not taking the vaccine. And for those who say that they can't afford not to work, well, if you are injured by a vaccine, you're not going to be able to work anyway. So let's stand up for our rights. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and where does it stop? Exactly. Now you must take this. Now you must take that. Now we've got this new drug out that, you know, prevents people from, from becoming terrorists. Everyone must take that. You know, I mean... Oh, wasn't that fluoride anyway so yeah <laughs> so it's it's everybody's you know it's it's not just a it's not a vaccine to me it's a medication i believe that the definition vaccine is invented to then really drill down on this one thing that is like a magic vitamin and everyone should take this beautiful lovely vitamin and and it's so good for you and how dare you deny this lovely vitamin but it's a medication it's full of all kinds of things and you know even you know they say rare and they say a side effect is rare colloquially you know we think they say one in a million but when you drill down even tested against another vaccine it's up to it's it's, it's one in 1000 one in 1000 people getting julian Barr syndrome is insane and that could even be so much higher because it's tested against another vaccine so you yep. know all these things you just it's it's crazy i explained that only to my partner last night about the difference between you know you could be looking at one in two people having a severe reaction because we don't have the placebo-controlled study. No. So when it's against another one, how do you know? Well, with the swine flu vaccine in 2009, they didn't tell parents this or, or the people getting the vaccine, but they estimated that the risk of seizures was one in a thousand. If they told people you have a one in a thousand risk of seizures, most people yep. probably wouldn't get it. The actual yep. risk was one in 110. So... It is a huge risk. And the Centers for Disease Control recently did a study and said that one vaccine in 39 will result in serious reactions. So one in 39, if 
I mean, if you took a gun and it had 39 chambers and you put a bullet in one of those 39 chambers, how many of you would hold that gun up to your head or your child's head? So, you know, we really need to be aware that the real risk is far higher than what we've been told. And we have a right to say no to putting our lives and our health on the line. So um, I'll tell you what, guys, it's 440 now. Let's give it five more minutes. Are you okay to stay five more minutes, Melissa? Okay, good. Um, Yeah, let me just see. (laughs) I like this, Alfie. Speak the truth even though your voice shakes. And that's true. That is so true. We need to be Mm -hmm. brave. And when you've done it, like you just said, when you've done it a few times, you feel really good and powerful and you're going to keep doing it. Um, Yes. Definitely. That's it. Okay, this is from Penny. What is the difference between private nursing homes and government facilities in regard to the flu shot ruling? Yeah, this, from what I've seen, it's across the board. Mm. They, are, they are trying to enforce it across the board. So if, if it's a private nursing home, if it's not receiving any government funding, because from what I understand, a lot of them still do. It's like private schools that still do receive. And I did not just say private schools are on this list, but I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> um, when they are, they may be private, but they're still receiving funding. So a lot of them still are. Even if they weren't, they still run the risk of a mega fine if they don't comply with this. So that's how the government is making the facilities abide by this, even if they don't agree with it, because they're going to be fined. And that's, that's exactly right. what they did with no jab, no pay, and no jab, no play. They put the onus on the facility, the childcare facility, to enforce yep. this, to police it. Otherwise, I think it was a $25,000 fine for each child that they allowed in when they shouldn't have. Um, yep. Okay, let's just see. Da 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 da. Stand your ground. Um, Okay, Jenny Duckworth, I just received another text from my aged care facility to get my flu vaccine or I won't be rostered on after May 1st. Um, Jenny, if you have not done so yet, I'd suggest sending these letters um, off. And on the AVN's website, um, there is, I'm going to put a link here, there is a letter that you can share with your facility um, so send the letters off to the, the state politicians, the federal, sorry, the federal politicians in your state um, that are on uh, Melissa's website or the website that Melissa has been sharing with us. And I have just shared a link to the AVN's website where we have information that you can send to your facility. It's up to you to ensure that they do not do this and that... You protect your your rights. Yes, sorry. I'm I'm not sure how many people know of this, but there was a a real run on uh, people's rights with childcare centres that happened just in the last few weeks, um, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden there was this directive that every person visiting a childcare centre had to have the flu vax and every child had to have it. So even in states where, like Queensland, where a childcare centre may accept children regardless of their medication status, um, (laughs) they were saying that they would not be allowed to come unless they had the flu shot, unless all the childcare workers had the flu shot and the parents couldn't even come pick their kids up. Um, There was a run on that and there was such an uproar and parents got crazy they got on the phones they got on emails they went nuts over this and then just magically it got upgraded to just a recommendation so 
it can work, but we do have to be really, really, really vigilant and really into taking the action. That's it. Vocal. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, you need to do this, but you also need to share what you're doing with others. Share this video um, with as many people as you can. And when you've printed out your letters, let everybody you know see them. And if you are in one of the many groups, for instance, I know the group on the Gold Coast has over 1,800 people. Imagine if that group with 1,800 people sent in 1,800 letters to the state uh, federal members for Queensland um, expressing their will and with the criminal um, liability letter as well. I believe that if, if that action was taken within a matter of days, uh, Queensland would be thinking seriously about whether they are taking the right action. So it's up yep. to us to change this. It really is. Yeah, and we are very much um, providing them with a with a, a, a solution. They go to the Attorney General over this. They go and go to the federal where this started. All it takes is for the federal to to um, to reduce it to a recommended rather than a compulsory, mm. and it's happy days for everybody. It's fine. Recommend anything you like to me. I'll make I'll make my own decision mm. about it. That's it. Uh, Emma asks, well, she doesn't ask a question, but she raises a point that I hadn't thought about until I saw her um, statement. Um, not sure if Jenny's site is the same as mine. There is a list that is being ticked off when the flu vaccine is received. The manager slash whoever uh, is delegated will have a list of who has and hasn't had the vaccine. Now, this raises a question in my mind as in don't we need separate legislation for medical privacy like they did with the no jab, no pay, allowing um, facilities to access the information on the register? And has that legislation been passed? How can they possibly access your medical information without your permission? That's such it. That's it. These are just like the same question of where's the legislation for yeah. all of this? Where's the power for all of this? It's not there. I mean, I still, you know, without some some magical fairy dusted um, uh, research that shows that people are re reducing the likelihood of going to hospital of anything, mm. not just what they call the flu after the flu shot, they've got no business even contemplating trying to force people to take that medication. It's That's got nothing it. to do with COVID. That's it. So it's the same. It's the same as this. It's it's not. It's not. But. The days of thinking that the government does the right thing or means to do the right thing are over. That's they right. do not give a shit about you. They will do anything they can until you hold them to account. Mm. And that's why these letters are so important. Christine is asking, can we have our immunity tested to avoid the shot? Um, the problem with that is every year there are four strains of influenza in the vaccine, and I believe you would have to test positive to all four of them. Um, and just to get that typing done, the PCR test would have to be quite specific, and I'm not sure that the government would even accept that. It, you know, technically, if you, if you were tested and you were found to be immune by, by um, status of the antibodies in your blood, you probably could get out of it, but... What are the chances you're going to have those four strains in your body? Uh, that and would I think meant. that, yeah, I think that all the effort going to that, sure, go to that, but then put even more effort into fighting so that you don't have to do that. Mm. Yeah, 
Exactly. Victoria is asking, where can I find this study about one in 39? It's on the Children's Health Defense website. Um, it's from the Centers for Disease Control. Just do a search for one child in 39 um, vaccine reaction and you'll find it. Uh, Google is a pain in the neck, but they can be really good too if you do these but searches. Google Scholar. Google Scholar is amazing because it gives you all the information on all the different studies. Um, and on the legal side of things, um, your friend is Ostli, A-U-S-T-L-I-I, -I, which gives you, I mean, I actually saw your case law on there, man. You were on there. I was like, oh, I read it all. It's very funny. Um, so, so exciting. You know, I've been thinking to that or immunize or whatever. Things on Ostley hmm. um, and legislation.gov.au. So when somebody says to you, "Oh, there's a new piece of legislation, federal legislation," show it to me on there. Yeah. Um, so they're very good websites there. And also SciHub, if I can put in a plug for them. This is a woman in Russia who believes that all medical information should be open source. And I can't give you if it's .com, .org, whatever, because it changes constantly. But just do a search for S-C-I-H-U-B, and you'll find whatever domain she's using right now. And if you want full text articles, that's a great way to do it. Um, Guys, I think we're going to have to go. I know there are other questions. It is amazing. We have 178 people on right now, and that's just incredible. 178 of you need to be writing these letters, and you need to be sharing this with everyone on your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever accounts, because everybody needs to know this. Melissa, you have been amazing. I want to get you back again so we can talk about how successful this campaign has been. And um, so, yeah, it's. I want to thank you so much for everything that you're doing. The work that you're doing is incredible. And uh, thank you for coming on to Under the Wire and helping to answer our questions. Um, thank you so much, Meryl. And nice. thanks for being such a leader in this. Oh. It's, it's amazing to talk to you and I very much look up to you and anybody else that's that's out there. And you've been doing this for so long. I think it's amazing. It's definitely an honor to be on the show with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So thank you, everyone. And we will see you on Saturday on the regular Under the Wire. And until then, stay healthy, stay active and get those letters out. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye bye.